When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. So today, a lot of really interesting stuff I've been checking. I've been doing a lot of research uh, through Gaia, through the internet, through um, the American uh, Museum of Natural History uh, about our brains and how they work. And um, came to find out some really interesting information that you may have received through your <laughs> biology uh, studies and classes growing up and some that you may have not. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was how close we are and how much DNA we actually do share, not just through hypothesis or theory or conspiracy theory, if you will, but through actual scientific fact. We do share reptilian, fish, and mammalian DNA. Now, how do we know that for sure, right? We always talk about it, but how do we know it for sure? Well, today I was watching a video and uh, they were talking about the reptilian brain that we have and that it's also blended with a mammalian brain that we now have as well and i'm like come on man you know is that real you know what's going on so let me do some actual research to find out so they were talking about how the human embryo actually has fish gills as it's being born and if you look at um other uh, animals that are being that are uh in the embryonic stage, they actually also have gills. So it doesn't matter if it's fish, reptile, human, or bird, we all have gills. And you can you can just Google this. Google human embryo gill. It'll pop right up on Google. As in and, and it states, as it happens, early human embryos do have slits in their neck that look like gills. This is almost certainly because humans and fish share some DNA and a common ancestor. We don't go through a fish stage when we're in our mother's wombs, but we do have that same DNA that in the early stages creates fish gills, and we actually have tails at the beginning as well that rescind over time. I mean, it's like mind-blowingly fascinating. Like, I would have never... I mean, I think I remember this as a kid, but like, again, you know, it's like, you know... You, you graduate and you kind of forget a lot of this stuff. Um, but that's not all we're going to talk about today. That's just the very beginning. We wanted to get into 
the reptilian brain as well as the the mammalian brain and what those two mean for each other respectively and we'll go through some of the different portions of the brain so that you can get an idea for what we're talking about so from the very the very wonderful website uh called the american museum of natural history this is let's see where these guys are located is this uh chicago or is this new york or boston let's see American, it's New York, New York. Okay, there we go. So, I mean, the quintessential city that has all of these wonderful museums, uh, shared knowledge, right? So they actually wrote an article. It's called Beyond Our Lizard Brain that explains a little bit about how we have this these early stage portions of our brain that are located in the limbic system. Now, what is the limbic system? Well, it's several regions that um, actually are part of the uh, brainstem, the uh, ganglion. Oh gosh, where did it go? The brainstem. Come on, cerebellum and basal ganglia. Those three sections: the brainstem, the cerebellum, and the basal ganglia are referred to as our lizard brain. So those are like the quintessential early stages of our brain's development when we were partially fish, partially reptilian, whatever you want to call it. Um, one big difference though that they state between mammals and lizards, you know, as we as we developed, we also developed this mammalian outs, outer portion of our brain, the cerebral cortex, the, the winding um, outside portions of our brain that we normally see when you're doing your Halloween decorations and you see all those curvatures inside of the squiggly lines of the brain. That's your cerebral cortex. It's the outer core. That's the mammalian core. It's called the cortex, the outer layer. It helps us control our emotions and make complex decisions. So the limbic system um, is is the uh, the portion where our emotions are processed that's the outside portion and the lizard brain is the in more inner innermost portion so the brain stem you can still live as long as you have your brain stem you can still process the body's needed you know organal functions like you know respiration heartbeat heart pushing your, your blood through your body and oxygen delivery but um, to make correct decisions you need that you need this the, the outer portions, the limbic system. So mammalians have developed this system, and what it allows us to do is to have strong emotional bonds between family members, and that mammalians or mammals actually generally care for their young after birth instead of just responding by reflex and instinct as a lizard does. Um, we are guided by emotions making uh, our behavior more flexible. Mammals tend to have good memories, especially for events that created strong emotion. Primates, you know, our, our relatives, um, can recognize facial expressions, they can communicate, they can maintain social relationships, and can even lie. Thanks to the front of their cortex, or the outer layer of the brain, a monkey's cortex is more than twice the size of any comparable mammal. 
and even in humans, it's bigger still. All mammals have some version of basic emotions like fear and anger, since our limbic systems are very similar. But humans are also especially sensitive to social emotions like shame, guilt, and pride, which require, you know, what other people think about and feel about us uh, as a specialty of our advanced prefrontal cortex. Um, so the older lizard brain, right? Um, those parts actually keep our bodies working. They keep our basic survival motivations. Um, our newer mammalian brain or mammal brain regions improve our emotions and our memory. Our primate brain with its large wrinkly cortex helps us plan, predict, and use language. All these regions work together to keep us alive. So our ancient urges still drive us with our reptilian brain, but our mammalian brain allows us to evolve even further. So isn't it fascinating that we have both of these brains from both DNAs, um, and, and they've developed over time. They allow us to get more intelligent, more emotional, more in touch with our emotional side, creating the ability for us to become more artistic, to develop visual arts, performing arts, um, you know, developing our creative capabilities that are within us as humans, right? Even primates are creative. They create all kinds of things. Um, there's, uh, there's even statements that um, some primates in certain areas have entered the Stone Age and, and, the, uh, and are developing um, tools now um, in certain areas of the world, certain smaller tribes. So it is, it's really, really fascinating when we compare the reptilian brain to the uh, human brain. Now, if we look into this just a bit deeper, we can even find out a little bit more info. Um, let's pull this. What's really fascinating about this is that the, the kind of the reptilian brain really represents what Sigmund Freud uh, called the id or the instinctual portion of our brain. It's kind of flight or flight, hunger, desire to mate, those kinds of things. And then the ego is really the paramammalian brain, they call it, um, which is in between, which is reality, which is ego in Freud's uh, symptomology uh, statements. So if you follow Freud, he, he has id, the in instincts, ego, the reality, and then the superego is morality. And we would put the superego as the, the, the cortex, the... Um, mammalian portion of our brain, the, the thought processing, emotional processing, and, you know, what do we, what do we do for our morals? Now, there's times where you might be basing your life off of the id, your instincts, right? If you're in a flight, fight or flight, uh, you know, PTSD, trauma-based um, thought process, unfortunately, that happens to a lot of people. Um, and I've even experienced it where you're just in your instincts and like, you know, if something goes off next to you, that's super loud, you're going off your, your, your instincts, you're going off your id in, in his mind, in Freud's mind, you're going off of the reptilian brain in, in this, uh, <laughs> in this current state of psychology. But ideally, right, we'd like to be somewhere in the middle. We'd like to be in reality, where the instincts 
it's interesting. There's a picture online um, under simple psychology where the id is represented by the devil, the ego is represented by a human, and superego or morality is represented by an angel. And so we're in this, in the middle, right? We're trying to be good and trying to do the right things, but our instincts, you know, are part of us. But your instincts, if you if you rely on your instincts too much, you can get you into trouble, right? Like if if you just did fight or flight all the time and you responded in a not correct way out in public, right? You start freaking out on somebody or you strike out at somebody because you're in you're in fight or flight mode, that's gonna get end up you get get you stuck in jail, right? It's gonna get you in trouble. So we have to balance the the ego and the superego and the id or the reptilian brain and the paramammalian brain and the mammalian brain so that we can have a nice in-between flux and we can take in information but not instinctually respond to it in a negative way. The other thing that's really interesting about the mammalian portion of the brain is it gives us that softer portion, the more loving, more understanding portion of of our of our sensibilities and we have to work on that that's not something that just comes easily uh we're all still human we all are still made of flesh and bone and we're sometimes stuck in survival mode to a degree and keep in mind we have competing interests in our body right we have a competing interest of the reptilian the paramammalian and mammalian brain fighting against each other trying to work work with our ideals our idyllic life uh, and how we would like to to act live work and be for our family and our and our loved ones and ourselves and then we have kind of this dichotomy where we we have to do certain things in order to survive we have to we have to work we have to get up we have to do these these uh requirements that work counter counter to our desires sometimes right and so it's conflicting it's very conflicting and very frustrating for a lot of people um so this is also reflected with you know like the bible you know i don't want to get into the bible but let's just say good versus evil right a lot of a lot of spirituality and religion talks about the good versus evil and understanding it and how we as humans can be good or evil there's good and evil aliens out there as well right the reptilians are typically known as as the troublemakers, and they're vi very violent, right? Uh, whereas there's other species that seem to have our best interests at heart. Um, so you know we have Pleiadians, you know we have uh, the Nordics, we have um, certain other uh, insectoids that seem to be more more in line with um, overall knowledge and understanding. Um, so there's, there's different species out there that seem to have their own agendas, um, and seem to have this understanding under control. Wouldn't it be interesting to develop over time with one grouping of DNA, right? Like if you developed, if we developed out of the ocean and, and kept like a more oceanic appearance and oceanic properties didn't develop into like an offshoot of primates would we develop better faster stronger like for example like the insectoids right the insectoids that are on the, on the planet they're like you know insects that we have like ants right if they developed from ants into 
a larger species that could dominate the planet like there reportedly are, would they have an advantage because they're not fighting two different types of DNA structures in their body? Would Is that part of our problem as humans, right? Our ability to communicate, which is which is Neanderthalic, right? We're using, we're pushing air out and speaking. Whereas these other species are able to communicate through telepathy. I think we are able to do that as well. It's just that we've become so accustomed to using these gutturally, guttural, you know, vocal communications that um, we haven't worked on our capabilities of telepathy. The more and more we work at it, meditate and try to communicate with each other i think if we actually all tried as a species and said hey you know we're not going to speak anymore we're only going to communicate using energy fields and, and trying to communicate with telepathy how fast do you think that would go we would probably create some technology that would help us do it but i think we would do it fast right think about how much energy it takes for you to speak at, at length right if you give a speech you're tired by the end of it if you, if you give your presentation, you're tired at the end of it. Now think for a second, if you were able to just communicate with telepathy, you would still use mental energy, but you wouldn't be using your lungs and your vocal cords, your mouth, and your, the energy to do all of that, to raise your chest and push through with your stomach up through your vocal cords to do that and to increase your respirations and, and push, right? I think that's where maybe some of these species are able to live longer as well because they're able to use those um use telepathy instead of using all this energy they can use the energy for telepathy to communicate more efficiently with an entire picture entire picture of what they need versus just a few words that are trying to describe what they need um it would make it so much easier so i just wonder you know through our development and through what seems to be, you know, some genetic farmer races that have changed our DNA over time. And, and we've grown out of the oceans, apparently out of over time as well, um, that we've gotten rid of the tail, we've gotten rid of the gills and we're morphing into this different being. And apparently some of these aliens are continuing to create different beings, hybrid beings, and, and develop this species even more. Um, it's going to be interesting. It, it's really going to be interesting as we now have the capability to track and communicate and record our history. Hopefully, we'll be able to unravel some of the mysteries behind this DNA that has brought us to this point. And where we're going to be going into the future. And again, keep in mind that as we've developed, we've gotten rid of the tail, we've gotten rid of the gills, and we did a podcast about this, about what an, what kind of body we would need if we were going to go to an alien planet. Would we need gills? Would we need the capability of flight? And what would we want to develop into that body? It's interesting that our body is now developing what it needs for itself to um, be on this planet. You know, we are really on an alien planet ourselves. And I think that's fascinating as well. So anyways, guys, I'm going to let you go. i got another podcast I want to talk about. So I will let you go for this evening. 
I will catch you guys on the next one. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, and as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care, and Lockdown Universe out.